You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. And, you know, and, 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 and oftentimes I'll just be praying for different, different needs in the church, different people in the church. And as we're uh, praying, just sometimes if we're not careful, it can just be, you know, Lord and help Anna, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, praying, I, I think it goes together with faith, but it's just, Lord, get a hold of their hearts. God, do this work, uh, do what, you know, meet this need, whatever it may be. Uh, but really, uh, being hungry, uh, you know, and Jesus said that blessed is he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness for he will be, he shall be filled. So, uh, anyway, so that's, uh, kind of was on my heart too. So thanks for that, Chad. Uh, we're going to be in Colossians. I'm not ready to go yet. Are we going? Uh, we are. Oh, wonderful. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, for future reference, don't go till I say, because I'm up here doing this stuff and this is not good video. Uh, but I don't care. And I was thinking of something, uh, I was thinking of something the other day, that uh, well, actually, I think it was just maybe it was yesterday, but in my devotions in First Samuel, I believe it is, and uh, there it was. It was, it was about it was about Saul and Samuel, and it just struck me so funny because it said uh, from that time uh, Samuel didn't see Saul anymore, and I just had this mental picture of Samuel not seesawing anymore because it said he didn't see Saul anymore. But thank you. Uh, but anyway, so he didn't see Saul anymore. So it's like it's like Saul's sin grieved him so much. He's like, I'm done seesawing. Can't even enjoy it anymore. Okay, sorry. That's just a brief glimpse into my brain. Uh, it's a scary place to live, believe me. All right. Um, in the book of Colossians tonight, I am... chat number four and I'm really approaching this this message from a different angle than I had intended originally and then really than I've heard it preached uh, the Lord just really changed my heart on it just today I've had the the, the background of verses uh, 14 and uh, where the Bible says there Luke the beloved physician we spoke of Luke last week but then it says and Demas greet you and then go down to verse number 17 and the Bible says and say to Archippus Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Uh, just two little brief verses that you may not, may not stand out a whole lot. But what you have here is you have two men. We meet two men, one who ultimately quit, and another who was coming close to quitting. Now, while there are arguably many reasons that people quit, I want to focus on what I believe is at the heart of one that may be overlooked tonight. And I'm preaching on the thought of don't quit, you matter. Don't quit, you matter. Um, So I just asked the question, have you ever wanted to quit? Uh, Whatever it might be, I mean, uh, quit. I mean, I know that, you know, maybe you've wanted to quit your job before. I'm not necessarily talking about just quitting in that sense, but I'm talking about just giving up. Have you ever just wanted to say, you know what? I'm just leaving. I'm going to go live in a van down by the river somewhere, and uh, nobody's ever going to hear from me again, and that's going to be it. I'm just just done. I just don't think I can handle anymore. Uh, 
Or, or, or maybe you've thought about quitting church, quitting the ministry, quitting something that God has you doing in the church. Whatever the case may be, uh, quitting. Uh, have you ever felt this way, though? See, and, and here's where I'm taking a different angle on it. I think there's many different reasons people quit. But have you ever felt worthless and hopeless? I feel like I was kind of depressed when I was doing this, by the way. Uh, I'm not even kidding. I'm laughing, but I'm pretty serious about it. Uh, but have you ever felt worthless and hopeless in your life? You know, you just felt like, man, what good am I doing anyway? Uh, and I'm not doing any good, and I'm not getting any better. Uh, I, I can tell you by experience on a preacher side of things, uh, I have known, and by the way, I've been there, uh, by the grace of God, I did not quit, and I say to God be the glory, but one of a, a one of the most common excuses I hear for preachers leaving churches is something along the lines of, and I'm talking about excuses, there's legitimate reasons uh, for someone to leave, but when they say something along the lines of, I believe that God's done with me here, I don't think I can do any more, uh, I think, you know, whatever, and they're saying these things because they're focused on the wrong thing. Because God doesn't call a preacher somewhere because he's so great and he's going to do this great work. He calls a preacher there because he's going to use that preacher. And it's the same with you. But it's the thing that I've heard preachers say. Yeah, I, just, I, th- I, don't, I think God's done with me. I don't think I, I've, I've taken it as far as I can take it. Well, let God take it a little ways then. <laughs> Amen. Um, but anyway, that, that's one of the things that I know that preachers are worthless, helpless feeling. Uh, but, but I can tell you that I have, um, I, sometimes I want to quit. And really, I'm telling you, my, if, if any times I want to quit, it's not usually along the lines of discouragement or frustration with people um, so much like at all. It is more when I think about my, my own weaknesses and what I'm not able to do and just things of that nature. But wanting to quit. Now, these two men were struggling with their values. In other words, they were, they were struggling with what mattered. They were struggling with what was worthwhile, uh, Demas and Archippus. They were struggling with what was worthwhile, with their values. They had a hard time distinguishing about what really mattered. Now, whether we want to admit it or not, this can be a common battle that we face in our lives and especially in connection with our ministries uh, and, and, and our homes and different things of that nature. Uh, now, just let me expound on this a little bit, then I'll get into the text here. Have you ever struggled with these thoughts? Uh, man, this sounds more depressing the more I'm looking at it, all right? But just bear with me. Uh, would the world be any different if you weren't born? You ever think of things like that? Uh, do, you wake, do you wake up in the morning and feel like you have an important role to play in the grand scheme of things? Um, Most of us grow up in a world where life is dispensable, where our individual contributions go unrecognized, where there is no real sense that life, ours or anyone else's, is is significant or meaningful. I'm just saying that's kind of the the way the world uh, looks at things and people oftentimes. Um, But a lot of times it is a struggle with that thought of I don't matter or the belief that you don't matter. And so when I'm talking about values and giving up, I'm trying to say that you matter tonight, but there can be this belief, this thought, that if I were to show up someplace or not show up someplace, or make a contribution or not make a contribution, it would not fundamentally affect the world and the people that live in it. Uh, But if you think about it for a minute, uh, if you don't feel like you make a difference in the world, 
How exactly? Because here's the trick, because this is kind of getting around to the battle. And again, I don't know if I'm talking to anybody out there or not, but I know I'm talking to me. Um, How can you be passionate? How can you get fired up about living if you think like that? How can you get fired up about doing what it is that you've been, that God's put you on this earth to do if you're thinking to yourself that you're worthless and hopeless and you're doing a terrible job and you don't see yourself doing any better or getting any better? Uh, How can you be, you can't be passionate about living that way. And that's the trick. Because at the risk of getting, getting ahead of myself, we've got all kinds of troubles, but we've got to remember that at the heart of all of our struggles that we fight is spiritual warfare. And we've got to recognize that. Uh, we've got to recognize that I, I understand that we can have some emotional struggles. And I understand that we have physical struggles. I understand all that. But I'm telling you, uh, spiritual warfare comes into play when Satan begins to try to attack your mind. And if he can get you to think that you don't matter, and what you do don't matter, have you ever felt, I know I've thought this, I've thought before, you know what, I could quit and nobody would even, it wouldn't matter anyway. What would it really matter? What difference would it really make? And then you can, you know, you can start getting a little selfish and things uh, uh, about uh, being appreciated and, and whatever else. But really, it's just, what, what difference would it make anyway? I don't think it would make a blip on the radar. But I'm telling you, that's a lie of the devil. And it's not just a lie of the devil on my behalf, it is on yours too. Um, the fact, one of the things I know for sure is there's, there's something that, guarantees i mean there there's a reason that i can look every one of you in the eyeballs tonight and say that you matter and if there's nothing else this is not insignificant it is birth it's the reason it's that you are here and i'll say more about that in just a moment but the the fact that god put you on this earth says that you matter it means that you're necessary You're indispensable to God's vision of the world or else you wouldn't be here. You say, well, I'm not seeing it. Well, that's that's the problem is what we do is we struggle to see things through God's eyes and we look at things through our own eyes or maybe the eyes of others that have helped shaped our way of thinking. You have been put on this earth and chosen. If you were born, you were put on this earth to fulfill a mission and to complete your God-given purpose. And it's something that no one else can do. No one else. You, you, are, you are important. You're indispensable. God placed you on this earth for a reason. You cannot be replaced. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, while I'm up here preaching, I'm trying to think of my, my, my number at Polaris. If I had the time clock in front of me, I could hit it. Uh, but that's my number. Uh, and when, when, when that number is gone, they can replace it with another number. Somebody else that comes in and punches those numbers. And they won't be as near as good as I was at talking. But they will be able to still ultimately perform the job that I was doing. But uh, in, in the grand scheme of things, I'm telling you, do not let it get in your mind that you don't matter. See, you matter. Listen, you matter. You say, well, I don't feel like I matter to that many people. Some of you may have been told that you don't matter. Um, one of, some of us have the problem, and I'm telling you, we struggle, don't we? Because we've got to watch out for pride and thinking more of ourselves than we ought to think. But I think for a lot of us, we struggle a little bit more with thinking a little bit too less of ourselves than we ought to think. 
And we need, to learn, we need to learn how to have a biblical view of ourselves, and that is not a going around talking about how awful we are thing. And I like to do that. Uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I do it, it it's, it's, it's habitual for me. I can be in the middle of preaching a message like this and then put, give myself a big old cut down, uh, you know, about how terrible and worthless I am and everything. Uh, it, it's, it's an ongoing battle. But you matter. You matter tonight. You matter to the one who matters most. And because if you don't, if, if nobody else thinks you matter, God believes that you matter. God knows that you matter. So, and again, the mere fact that you were born and that you exist, regardless of your mood, regardless of your performance level, regardless of your looks, regardless of the mere fact that. Uh, You are here. You are here is a vote of confidence from God that you absolutely are necessary, irreplaceable, and that you truly do matter. Now, uh, these two men that we're looking at tonight matter. Don't quit. You matter. Don't quit. You matter. All right? So for one thing, one way I've already said it is I know that these men mattered and you can know that you mattered because you were made. Some of you are familiar with these verses. Some of you need to be familiar with these verses. But in Psalm 139, matter of fact, some of us ought to commit these verses to memory. I'm pretty close to it, but I don't don't think I could quote them verbatim. But in Psalm 139, you can take your Bibles and turn over there. I'd like for you to see it. I'd like you to mark it. Even if it's on your phone, take and uh, do the highlight feature on your phone, underline or whatever. Uh, These are some really important verses that uh, we all ought to know. Psalm 139, and I'm going to just uh, read a a few uh, different verses through here. The Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 2, Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. You just think about that. Thou compassest, verse 3, Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted, listen to this, Thou art acquainted with all my ways. Do you act different around people? God knows the way you act when nobody else is around. He's acquainted with those. So verse 2 says, Lord, you know all my thoughts and you understand them. Number 2, the Lord says there, I'm acquainted with all your ways. Verse 4, for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Now, skip all the way down to verse number 13. This is getting down to the part of being made, being born. Verse 13, for thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. And I love that. So I I, I had to read verses 2, 3, and 4 because he knows everything you're thinking. He knows all your ways. He knows every word you say. He made you in your mother's womb. And then how does God feel about you after all that? Verse 17 How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. 
When I awake, I am still with thee. Aren't those wonderful verses? God made you. God fashioned you. Boy, I tell you, I love this. I, I wasn't thinking about this, but uh, Sunday, man, I just thought it was such a powerful. And by the way, if, you're not, if you haven't been able to get to the uh, Sunday school, I think most of you have, but Ryan's doing a great job teaching on freedom from bondage out of the book of Exodus. But uh, Moses had excuses for not serving God. And his one excuse, if you remember, was that he doesn't speak very well. He's not, uh, he's not uh, what's the word he said? He's not eloquent. Uh, but I love what God said to him. Man, he said, Moses, let me ask you a question. Who made the, 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 the tongue of the dumb, the, the person that can't speak, the deaf, the blind? I did. Think about that. You say, well, I, I wish God would have made me differently. Well, you need to get over that. Because God made you the way He made you for a reason and for a purpose. Um, yes, He created you. He made you. And so, and you say, well, man, uh, oh, uh, I've, I've got all these weaknesses. Well, why, why would God make us with weaknesses? Why would God make us with some sort of disabilities? And I'm not talking about the first thing that comes to your mind with disabilities, but we all have some disabilities. Why would God do that? You know why? So that God could be the one to get the glory in our lives. So that He, what, what did the Apostle Paul say? He said, when I'm weak, then am I strong. When I'm weak, then am I strong. And so, uh, man, and I, ha- I just got to say hallelujah. I mean, I stand before you today and I stand before you in absolutely amazement at the grace of, the grace of God in my life. I know me, and I'm telling you, I've just got to remind myself every once in a while when I start feeling overwhelmed and, and, and start feeling down, I've just got to remind myself, what a Savior. And I've got to remind myself, Lord, you have brought me safe this far. I mean, look, I, I have been, I've been preaching now for years, uh, since 95, I don't know how many years that is, uh, I'm weak at math, uh, but listen, how many years is that? Twenty, All right, 27 years. I've been preaching the Word of God. I can't believe that. I mean, it blows my mind. There's, there's a reason. There is a, there's an honest-to-goodness reason that my pastor uh, thought that I would never make it. Because I, I should have never made it. I shouldn't be here today. I shouldn't be pastoring the finest church I can even think of. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be in the ministry still today. There's no way, except for God. Except for God. 27 years of God. And, a good, and that includes a good wife that He gave me, and a good family that He gave me, and good brothers and sisters along the way that He's given me. But I'm telling you, it, it is, there's weaknesses that we have, and God makes up for them. So, one reason I can say don't quit, you matter. You matter because you were made. Because you were made. I'm telling you this and I'm telling myself this. I want to encourage you in this, okay? You need to quit saying things about yourself that are contrary to what God says about you. You need to stop thinking things about yourself that God does not think about you. The Bible says that we're supposed to take every thought that's that's, uh, that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Instead of taking every thought and casting down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, we just keep repeating it. And we just keep thinking it. 
I'm worthless, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other thing. Quit your lying. And quit calling God a liar. Because that's what we're doing. We We need to embrace and try by the grace of God. And I know it's hard. But by the grace of God, we need to begin to see ourselves through the eyes of God. And, uh, and so th- these men mattered, number one, because they were made. These men mattered, number two, because they were mentioned. They were mentioned. We have both Demas and um, Archippus. These men were mentioned in the Scripture. And then we also see that Demas was ultimately missed. Uh, how long have I been going at it? Anybody know? Has it been five minutes or more? All right. Uh, Melanie was quick. She was loud on that one. All right. More, more. All right. Uh, well, I'll try to give you the message in these last few minutes then, okay? Uh, I'll give it to you quickly. All right. Number one we see here as we continue looking at these men, we see the floundering Demas. I mentioned this last week, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. Uh, we read about Philemon, in, or we read about Demas in Philemon one twenty four. And he's just mentioned as Demas, my fellow laborer, along with Marcus and Articus, uh, uh, um, Aristarchus. Uh, But Demas, my fellow laborer. In our text that we read there in verse 14, it's just Demas. And the next time we read about Demas is in 2 Timothy 4 verse 10, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Forsaken me literally means to be to, to leave in a lurch. To leave in a lurch. He left Paul in a lurch. And I, I read that and I thought to myself, man, that'd be a good sermon title, wouldn't it? Leaving the church in a lurch. Um, you matter in the church. You matter in the ministry. You matter in your life where God's placed you. Uh, but he, he, he forsook him. And so it means to leave or abandon one without assistance in a particularly awkward or difficult or troublesome situation. Demas may not have felt like he mattered all that much. And I just can't, and and I may be wrong, but I just can't help but believe that when Demas finally took that last step and started heading toward Thessalonica and turning his back on the man of God and turning his back on the ministry that God had given him, I just can't help but think that he had to tell himself, what does it really matter anyway? What does it really matter? I'm just Demas. I'm not Paul. I'm not Timothy. Uh, I'm not Apollos. I'm, not, I'm just Demas. I'm just a fellow laborer. I don't count. I don't matter. You matter. You matter. And I can, th- I can think back of times in my life, uh, you know, even, even just being a part of a church and being faithful to church, what's it really matter anyway? I I don't matter. It's not going to make a difference, but it makes a huge difference. You matter. You make a difference. But I can't help but believe the way this was, uh, this is found in the scripture. You know, he's a fellow laborer in our text. It's just Demas. The final time it's Demas hath forsaken me. You know, here we are in the Passion Week and it's pretty interesting when you read about Jesus and his encounter with Judas Whenever, when, when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet, and it's interesting that it wasn't until the end of that meal, or toward the end of it, that Satan entered Judas. But throughout that meal, if you'll remember, listen to this. Jesus was saying, yeah, somebody here is going to betray me. You know the Spirit of God had to smite Demas's, or Judas's heart. Somebody's going to betray me. 
Oh, Lord, no, there's so much, uh, and, and, and matter of fact, so that somebody's going to betray me, they're, they're, they're going to dip their sop in at the same time I do. And then Anna, together they dip their bread into the sop, and they sop their bread, and it was there again. The Spirit of God had to tell him, okay, Judas, you know what you're doing is wrong. You, he, he knows you know what you're doing is wrong, but what happened anyway? The Bible says he rejected all that. Satan entered into him. Judas wasn't saved, like I do believe that Demas was saved. Um, but, but the point is just simply this. I wonder how many people have sat in church and the, the Spirit of God convict them. When you start, you start getting that way, you go from being a fellow laborer to just, you know, you're just kind of there. And maybe you got one foot out of the door. You're close to quitting because you don't think you matter. And you, don't, you, don't, you don't think you matter. It's, it's a value thing. You're starting to think that you don't matter. You're starting to think that church don't matter. You're starting to think that what you do in the church don't, doesn't matter and it probably doesn't go in that specific order. Uh, I know that we do need more nursery workers. I appreciate our nursery workers, but man, it's like they're, um, it just feels like a small group a lot of times that's cycling on there. Uh, but but I, I don't want them. And, and that's one way we can help each other is lighten the load. This church is not like a lot of churches. A lot of churches, they say that 10% of the people do 90% of the work. Uh, we, 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 do, we, we have a better percentage of that, a lot better percentage than that. But, uh, but man, I, I think that we can help spread the work around, uh, to, you know, to make sure other people don't get burned out and everything. But regardless of that, I don't, you, you start thinking that what you do doesn't matter. And then you start thinking that you don't matter and the church doesn't matter and, and so forth. But, but along the way, God will speak to you. Just like he did Demas. I believe, he's given, I believe Demas had opportunities. I believe Judas had opportunities. Um, so here we go with Demas. Within a couple of years, Demas deserted Paul. And listen, this is interesting. It wasn't because he denied the faith or abandoned the truth. He wasn't one of the false teachers running around. This world had gotten the better of Demas. It is always a question. Here it is. Listen to this. Child of God, we got it. We got it wreck constantly, probably daily, maybe several times throughout the day. Listen, I thought this was pretty good. We got to ask ourselves this question this world or that world? This world or that world? As we go through our lives, as we go through the day, this world or that world? Demas just fell in love with the world. Jesus warned of two kinds of thorns that choked out fruitfulness. One was the care of the world, and the other one was the deceitfulness of riches. Matthew 13, 22. We are told in 1 John 2, 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. But Demas fell in love with the world. I think it's easy for us to love the world. Because we originally come from the world. And we have an old nature that endures, that wants to be a part of the world system. That, 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 that system that opposes the things and the ways of God Almighty. Uh, so, th- there's a natural draw there on our old nature. That's why we've got to be warned not to love the world. Because the world is deceitful and the world is going to bring about destruction ultimately. And so, Second uh, John uh, verse 8 says, Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, 
but that we receive a full reward. And so Demas loved the world. And then lastly, we'll look at Archippus real quick here. Uh, Archippus, verse 17, the Bible says, and, and say to Archippus, verse 17, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Notice a couple things about this. He said, make sure that Archippus remembers the gift of his ministry. <laughs> Man alive. The gift received. The Holy Spirit is the one who distributes gifts. And if you're saved by the grace of God, you have spiritual gifts that are not meant for glorification of yourself, but are meant to serve us to the church of God. That we might better glorify God and reach souls. Every one of us have spiritual gifts distributed by the Holy Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit, He distributes the gifts, He directs the use of the gifts, and He develops the scope and success of their use. We do not get into the ministry by going to Bible college and going to seminary. That's not really how you get in the ministry. You get in the ministry by getting saved. And um, he says, remember the ministry that you've received. Remind Archippus. Make sure he remembers that he's been given a gift. See, the lie is that it's not worth it. Hey, the ministry, it's not easy, is it? I mean, man, listen, I, it's fun serving God. It really is. And, and I just want to go on record and say, there's nothing in this world I would rather do than be, a, be the pastor here and to be saved by the grace of God and serve in the local church. I, you're looking at a guy that is not jealous of any Hollywood elites or famous people or whatever other kind of people for that matter. Uh, you're looking at a guy that knows he's received a wonderful gift from God in the ministry. But it's not always easy in the ministry. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about for you as well. We're all in the ministry. It's not always easy. If you look to your left and you look to your right, that's my left and my right, what you'll find out, looking that way, Nathan, there's people there. People make it hard. That particular people, he's getting in trouble. Um, but it's true. I make it hard. You can make it hard sometimes. People. But folks, here's what I think about. <coughs> I've been hurt by the church, but Jesus ain't never hurt me. I didn't get into church because of people. I got into church because Jesus saved me and put me in church. The Bible says that Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. So, I've been hurt. Uh, but you know what? It wasn't Jesus that hurt me. And so, I, so, so ultimately, I say, you know what? By the grace of God, I, I'm staying. Amen. And by the grace of God, I can also say, thank God for a church here. We, we've got a lot of hurt people in this church. Amen. We've got a lot of healing people, I should say, in this church. Uh, but I'm telling you, you've got to be on guard because, uh, man, people, sometimes meaning to or not, it, it, people get hurt. But, I, but without uh, taking too much time, I'm just saying it's not always easy. Serving isn't always easy. You don't always get noticed. You don't always get credit. You don't always get appreciated. Uh, we have problems. We, have frustra we do have frustrations. We have disappointments uh, with people, sometimes with ourselves. But again, all of that, we've always got to remember that it's spiritual warfare. It's always spiritual warfare. Now, it may be started over something small, 
But if you're having issues with a brother and sister in Christ, I'm talking about significant issues, it's spiritual warfare. You need to figure out whose side you're on, Satan's or God's. And the way you know that or not is, are you doing things God's way or are you doing things Satan's way? There was a terrible prospect leading up to the crucifixion of Christ. But do you remember when, uh, when, when, when Jesus told uh, Peter that he was going to the cross and so forth? And, and Peter began to rebuke him and say, no, you, you, you're not going to go die. You're not going to go to the cross. And, and then all of a sudden, Anna, Jesus looked at Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Did you know it's possible to be a saint in Satan's service? Do you know it's possible for a saint to open up their mouths and the devil be the one that comes out? You've got to be careful what you say. You've got to be seriously careful the words that come out of your mouth. It's one thing, the thoughts. We've we got to control our thoughts. But I'm telling you what, before, before it gets from here to here, we need to really do some thinking and bring these things. Are we doing things God's way or are we doing things the devil's way? And so, uh, just... But, but, but there, there's problems, there's challenges. And so, but man, think about it. We've been given a ministry. I get to do something for Jesus. I get to do something for God. Oh, it's not, I, I, I love, I love uh, Ron and Ronnie. I, I love what uh, the psalmist said, don't you? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Hey, it's a blessing. I'm so glad that I get to do something for Jesus. I'm so glad I get to, I mean, and even, I'm telling you, uh, my, my very first ministry in Harvest Baptist Church in Bessemer City, North Carolina, was to come sit up here on the front pew, sing really loud, because Jerry Akers was there singing super loud, and I could sing loud where nobody, at least I don't think anybody could hear me. Uh, and, and, and just to, 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 to amen, to encourage the preacher, my very first ministry right there. And I'm telling you what, wouldn't trade it for nothing in this world. Well, that's not much of a ministry. Uh, you weren't doing a whole lot, were you? Oh, yeah, God was using me, amen? And I received a ministry of the Lord, and I was happy to fill it. Um, I don't know what you're... But I, I mean, I get to be used of God. You get to be used of God. You get to serve and work in the church. I mean, you get to be a part. I mean, just think about the fact that you get to be just a small part of a really big thing that God's doing. This isn't my work and it's not your work. This is the work of God. And we just get to be a part of it. We've received the ministry. So he's saying, Archippus, I know you're struggling, buddy, but you need to remember this ministry you've received. And then, then, then quickly, he said you need to guard it. You need to uh, remember the gift, but you need to guard the ministry. Remember the gift and the responsibility to guard it. He said, take heed. Don't neglect that ministry you've been given. And then lastly, you need to grow in the ministry because he says that you fulfill it. That was an old word, and the, the, the word picture there was if they were packing a ship that was getting ready to deliver supplies somewhere, it meant just to pack that sucker in real tight, every nook and cranny full, to pack that ship to fulfill it. So he said, fulfill that ministry. Whatever it is that God's called you to do, grow in it. Grow in it. Guard it. You've received the gift, now guard that gift. Don't let anybody, don't let anybody take that gift. I'm not going to let somebody take the gift away from me. 
I'm not going to let some, you know, some, somebody with a, a, a long tongue and a waggly jaw take the, rob me from the ministry that God... They didn't give me that ministry. God gave me the ministry. Amen. Uh, I'm not going to let any of that rob me. I'm going to guard it. And I'm going to grow in it by the grace of God. So why? Because, can I say it? I matter. I matter. And you matter. Uh, not because of who I am, but because of who God is making me and what God's doing in my life. You matter. Do not quit. Do not quit. Fulfill the ministry that God has for you. Amen? All right. Well, uh, let's all stand, please. And I sure do appreciate your patience this evening. Don't quit. You matter. Don't quit. The ministry matters. Don't quit. Souls matter. It matters. Amen. Lord, we sure do thank you, God, for your faithfulness and goodness in our lives. Lord, I'm, I've got to be one of the worst about, you know, entertaining and believing things about myself that, that you say aren't so. I mean, and just, just that reminder. I mean, you didn't come call Moses and say, oh my goodness, I, I, you're right. I didn't realize you couldn't speak very well. I mean, and that's how we act sometimes. It's like, well, Lord, look at me. I'm a, I'm a mess, and I'm a this and that. And, Lord, we sure do like to pull mouth and put ourselves down. And, and, uh, but, God, help us to realize, God, that we're just playing into the enemy's hands. Help me to realize I'm just playing into the enemy's hands, Lord. And just help me, God, to see and grasp and get a hold of who I am in you. Lord, I matter. I'm valuable. Um, and, uh, and, and I thank you for that, dear Lord. I'm, I'm, and, uh, and everyone else here is too, Lord. And so uh, we thank you for that, dear Lord. And I just pray you'll bless us as we depart, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I was thinking one last thought. As one great theologian said, you is kind, you is smart, you is important. Amen.